Welcome to the Solo 2.0 podcast, where two sisters, Jess and Rye, focused on health and hormone balance to help you step into that 2.0 version of you. Growing up, we heard all about hormones, sometimes more than we wanted, from our mom, who is a hormone health educator. As we got older, we rebelled and experienced our own health struggles and ups and downs. But today we have businesses helping people get in tune with their bodies, break free from restrictive eating and lifestyle habits, and learn how to balance their hormones naturally. So what can you expect from this podcast? Honest conversations and hot topics that should be more mainstream, like period health, cycle tracking, non-hormonal birth control, and our unique take on fad diets and trends that aren't always so supportive for women. Plus, interviews with health and wellness entrepreneurs making a big impact in the world. Ladies, it's time we align with our powers and redefine what healthy means to us. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. This is Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. And this interview today includes my sister, holistic health coach, Jess Sukan, founder of Body Blessed by Jess. But you just have me for the intro. First of all, happy new year, everyone. I had a pretty eventful holiday period of time. Um, today is January 3rd. I'm officially back in LA on the way to Oregon, which is where I'm, where, where Jess and my parents live. Our flight was canceled on Christmas Eve. So we didn't even have the choice to rebook. We had to, uh, they didn't have any available flights until long after Christmas. So we ended up having to road trip for 14 hours to get to Oregon. And we were super lucky that we got the last rental car or the last SUV at LAX because there were three of us. We, it was me, Jess and Josh, and we had gifts to bring and too many suitcases. So we were so lucky to get the last SUV. We were so lucky to have decent weather going through the the pass at the border of, of Oregon and California. So we made it just in time for Christmas, which is amazing. And then Jess and I spent pretty much a full week at our parents' house out in wine country, McMinnville, Oregon, um, just relaxing, uh, doing a little bit of work, but mostly relaxing family time. There was crazy rainstorm, windstorm. So it was nice just to not really go anywhere at all. And I think that's what we both needed. And we were able to have a lot of conversations about, um, you know, our work together, our podcast, and, and it just feels so good to be back at the start of a year, feeling focused and refreshed. And thankfully, um, our flight on the way home was perfectly on time. So I made it home in time for new year's with my friends, had some dance parties and yeah, it just feels really well-rounded. So I hope you all had a great new year's Christmas, or at least are feeling focused or hopeful starting a new year. So we do have a new episode for you today, um, which I will get into in a minute. I actually forgot. I wanted to mention that just, just launched a new health coaching app, which I wanted to tell you about. It's a app that you get one-on-one support with Jess, uh, voice notes, video chats, messages with her. You get delicious custom meal plans that fit her sexy six formula, which is this formula she created for hormone balance and blood sugar balance. And the custom meal plans also fit your preferences, you know, meals or types of meals that you like. She can customize that for you. Also custom workout plans designed to meet your health goals and also using equipment that you have access to, whether or not you can go to a gym. If not, she'll choose workouts that you can do from home and then check-ins from Jess, 
um, video chats, like I mentioned too. So it's a monthly subscription program and you can sign up for a free call with Jess where she can go over everything that she can support you with and discuss your goals um, by going to bodyblissbyjess.net. Um, I'll also put that link in the show notes. All right. So now to today's episode, our guest is Brittany Fuzz, who is the founder of the flaxseed-based non-dairy milk Malibu milk, which is delicious. And she's done an incredible job of getting it into stores across the nation. It's now in a thousand stores. She has a really interesting career background. So impressive. And she tells us all about her journey at the beginning of the episode. So I was going to read her bio, but she'll get into it. And so I won't ruin that for you. We talk about entrepreneurship, but we also get into her experience trying to get pregnant and eventually freezing her edge her eggs, which was really helpful for me because I had been thinking about doing that. And she was really adamant. You'll hear her in this conversation saying, do it, look into it. And so actually this interview became the catalyst for me to actually look into this. And I am now officially getting that process started for myself. Um, and I will say up front, Jess and I wanted to make it very clear that we understand and acknowledge that egg freezing is very much a privilege and it is very expensive. And the only reason that I'm actually able to do this is because Thomas's um, employer offers a free entire cycle of egg freezing. So that's $15,000 worth that is covered. So that is why I'm considering this and doing this because I just can't believe it's even something available to us. And with us being in a place where we're just not ready yet, but I'm, you know, 33 going to be 34 in a couple months. It just feels like the perfect solution for us. And, um, you know, for those of you that might be considering it, you know, let, let me know, let us know if you want to hear more about this. I'm definitely learning a lot going through this process. I've just had a, an appointment with an endocrinologist. I got an, uh, transvaginal ultrasound to check for follicles. And that was exciting because they said I had a really high number. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just been a fun process doing it with Thomas too, and getting our blood work done and all the genetic screening and just learning how it works. So much more ahead, more answers that we're waiting on too. But I just wanted to share that, um, that since this interview, there's been a lot that I've now found out for myself. So Anyway, uh, let us know any feedback on this episode, or again, like if you want to learn more about egg freezing, well, and we also have a conversation coming up with, uh, Dr. Nathan, who we interviewed recently, the OBGYN, we have a part two coming out, uh, I guess beginning of February, but that will also touch on fertility, egg freezing, all of that. So we know these conversations are, are interesting to many of you, interesting to us. So just expect more on that. And as always, hit us up on Instagram at solo 2.0 podcast, or you can email us solo 2.0 podcast at gmail.com or leave a review. If you haven't already on iTunes, you can rate, subscribe uh, and um, review us there. All right. Sending all of our love. Enjoy this episode and happy new year. Brittany, we're happy to have you here today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. So before we get into all things, your journey, starting Malibu Milk, um, 
your, I know you've talked about kind of your fertility journey and some changes that you had to make to your lifestyle. Um, also just love hearing about, um, being a mom. It sounds like you're a mom of two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what you do to stay sane, being an entrepreneur in wellness. But before we get into all of that, (laughs) yeah, right. Well, we want to hear the messy, the good, all of it. Um, so yeah, before we get into all that, let's just have you start by sharing a little bit about your upbringing in Malibu and maybe some of your first memories connected to the power of food as medicine. Cause it sounds like you grew up in sort of a healthy environment. Yeah. So I was actually born in Ohio. Um, and I was a typical child of the eighties and I had kid cuisines for dinner, like these like microwavable, you know, in the little packet meals and lunchables. My mother would hate hearing me say that, but I had a working mom and a working dad. And so, you know, it wasn't, they also didn't know back then, like nobody knew that, you know, SpaghettiOs and mac and cheese wasn't the best thing. So um, we moved to Malibu when I was, I think eight years old. And then that's when I kind of got this you know, vision that food could be really different. I had friends who were bringing their sandwiches with, you know, vegetables from their garden and homemade bread. And, um, you know, I got my first taste of sushi and I, I started to just get really into food and, you know, Malibu is kind of known for being this earthy, organic kind of granola crunchy place. Um, the vitamin bar, and I think is like the number one, um, or the, the OG smoothie bar that's been around for, oh God, I don't know, feels like it's been there for 50 years. I don't know how many years it's been there, but, you know, I used to go in high school and get these, um, nutrient dense smoothies and, um, and shop for supplements. And, and that's when I, I think I really started to realize that food can be fuel. Um, and then I went back East for college. I went to Georgetown and I studied marketing and management, and I was really passionate about food there as well. I was actually the food critic for our school paper and I took a food history course at Georgetown and, but that was kind of the extent of what I could do because Georgetown has no, you know, education on food. So when I graduated from Georgetown, my mentor, who's um, Padma Lakshmi, she's the host of Top Chef, and she's oh yeah, yeah, she's she's really cool. And she said, you know, you need to go to culinary school if you want to do anything in food. You need to go to culinary school. Yeah. And I thought it. I said, no, I don't want to go to culinary school. Like I don't want to be a chef. And she said, trust me. It will, you know, bring such credibility to anything that you do. So at the time I was working for my family's business and I resigned and I enrolled in Le Cordon Bleu, French culinary school. And I started in, um, it was January, 2010. And I went to culinary school for, it was like a year program. And at the end of the program, you have to stage, you have to work in a real restaurant. And I wanted to work in a three Michelin star, which those are like the best restaurants in the world. We actually don't have any three Michelin star restaurants in Los Angeles. So I, I moved oh. to New York and I worked at the network and Le Bernardin, um, this really incredible French seafood restaurant. And then I came back to LA and I got a job at Yelp and I was, um, I rose up the, the ranks at Yelp and I was basically the face of Yelp in LA. I grew the community in Los Angeles to be the largest community in the world for Yelp. Um, I met with business owners, I threw parties, um, and, and that was really fun because I got to be really involved in the food, food community here. Um, 
but I knew I wanted to start my own thing. And it started like for me, I was decided we were ready to start, start to try for a family. And my, um, my now husband and I have been together for a really long time. And so we started trying to get pregnant and it didn't happen right away. And I ended up going to see a fertility doctor after like a year. And she said, you know, you should go um, on an autoimmune protocol. You should eliminate all major allergens. So dairy, nuts, gluten, soy, eggs. And when I eliminated dairy, nuts, and soy, there was no milk left for me to drink. I couldn't have almond milk. I couldn't have regular cow's milk. I couldn't have soy milk. And so I was really frustrated. And I was literally driving in the car one day and I had this kind of light bulb moment. And I thought, what if I make milk from flaxseed? I've always loved flaxseed. I would add it to smoothies or oatmeal or baked goods, looking for ways to get more fiber and omega-3s into my diet. And so that day I uh, went home, I pulled out my blender and I started playing with flax, water, Himalayan salt. And I was getting this incredibly creamy, milky drink because flaxseed is a natural emulsifier, which means that it lends itself to a really creamy texture all on its own. And so um, I thought, wow, you know, maybe I could be onto something here. So I did what any aspiring entrepreneur would do. And I reached out to Whole Foods to pitch them on this idea. Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah. How soon after having the idea did you do that? Like, I fleshed out a couple of things. Like I sent a survey monkey around to everybody that I know because I wanted to know like, oh, you know, are there other people who don't, who aren't really married to the milk that they're drinking? And I realized that nobody was really married to the drink milk that they were drinking. Um, there wasn't a lot of brand affinity towards the milk mm-hmm. people were consuming. People were consuming. So I um I sent out this um survey and I want to say like a month and a half in, I sent this email to Whole Foods and I was like, hey, I have this like really great allergen-free organic flax milk. And they were like, and I was like, okay, well, it's gonna take six months to get a meeting with Whole Foods. So in the meantime, I will learn about margins, learn about distribution. I will do all my homework and get all my ducks in a row, find a manufacturer. And the buyer responded. And she's like, yeah, come on in next week. Well, <sighs> that was Tuesday. And I was like, oh my God. And I called a friend who has product in Whole Foods and he said, you can't cancel this meeting. Like you have to take the meeting. And so I went in with little samples from my kitchen. I had mock packaging made at this place in Texas. And within minutes of trying the the product, she said, I want to get this in stores in the next couple of weeks. And I, that was the, yeah, yeah. It was, um, I still remember the feeling of walking out of that meeting and just, I mean, I, it was just super exciting, but super overwhelming because I had so much I had to figure out, you know, I <laughs> find someone who could make this product. Yeah. So what you were know? those next steps? Oh, um, so this was all pre-COVID. I, I started going to um, networking events in LA with like food and beverage meetups. And it was actually super effective because that's how I found a manufacturer. I figured out where other people were having their product produced. I found somebody who could manufacture the product. They actually didn't answer the phone. They wouldn't speak to me. So I had to get somebody who was already producing product there to introduce me, to get these people to even pay attention. Because if you're not somebody who's already making a food and beverage product, these people don't give you the time of day. They don't want to waste their time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But the meeting with Whole Foods was in November. We launched in grocery stores a few months later. So I want to say February. Um, So like three months later, I got everything figured out. I did my first production run and it landed on shelves. Um, We actually ended up launching an Erewhon first and then Whole Foods, I want to say like a couple of weeks later, but it was really, really exciting. And, um, and it's been a wild roller coaster ride since then, but um, no boredom. And, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that we have um, what I think is the tastiest, most sustainable, most nutritious plant milk that's now available in a thousand grocery stores all over this country. It's incredible that you've been able to create a product that stands out so distinctly from the competition and let alone, it, was this the first flax milk? No, but unbeknownst to me, there was another one. It was called um, Good Karma. They, oh, yeah. Yeah, they use flax oil. So we use the whole mm-hmm. organic flax seed. They use flax oil. We aren't into oils. It's like one of the things we don't want any oils at all in our products. So we're oil-free. We use the whole ground flaxseed. We grind it up really tiny. We don't strain anything out. So you get fiber, omega-3s, protein in every single glass. The oil has omega-3s, but all of the other beautiful nutrients found in the flaxseed is lacking in the oil. So our product is really unique. How long ago did you create this brand? We launched in grocery stores in 2019. Oh my gosh. I'm really wow. blown away. Yeah. I mean, it, it's got to go back to, it sounds like you worked with your family business and you've worked your way up in every job you've had quickly. It sounds like you've excelled in your education, uh, educational career. So what would you attribute to your instincts, your sharp instincts as an entrepreneur? Cause it just seems like you got everything together very quickly and you you knew the steps that you needed to take? Um, That's such a good question, Ryan. And I think that, you know, it's just about taking a step forward. And I think it goes back to that old saying, like two steps forward, one step back. Because from the outside looking in, it looks like it was so easy, right? And when you when you say like, wow, okay, you launched in 2019, it's now 2022, I'm in over a thousand grocery stores, that's also during COVID. There were no resets. Incredible. There were no new, you know, you weren't able to get in new grocery stores. I had one of the biggest hurdles imaginable with COVID. And, and I'm not saying that to like toot my own horn. I'm saying that because it has not been linear and there have been more than one occasion when I thought it was the end, you know, and you have to keep going. You keep going, keep going until you can't go anymore. And when you can't go anymore, you find a new path and then you go on that you go on that path until you can't go anymore. And, and so, um, it's about, it's about having faith in your decisions, uh, making decisions. So many people don't move forward because they don't make a decision. Even if you make the wrong decision, make a decision, move forward because nothing is worse than being stagnant. You know, that's, I think that's just the worst. I'd rather make the wrong decision, move forward, figure out that I made the wrong decision, go back and make the right decision. Um, but in the beginning for me, I did bring in a co-founder. I needed somebody who I could hold myself accountable with because it is really hard when you have, you know, no clue where to start. It's kind of like, I think if you think about it, you can make it really simple and you think about building a house, right? I'm sure none none of us have ever actually built a house. I'm talking about hammer to nail building a house. 
but look at all the houses all over the world. A lot of people know how to build houses. For you and me, where would we begin? We'd have no idea, right? What type of materials, what would, like, it would be so overwhelming. But it's like anything else, you know? And and luckily for us, there's the internet, you know, so you have a wealth of information. You know, I also have a lot of friends who are in the food industry in LA. I took, I remember taking this one girl, I think we went to lunch or coffee or something, and she'd gotten into like, three or four grocery stores and she had a product and I was like, wow, you're in a grocery store. And I think her product, you know, in its entire lifetime, maybe was in five to 10 grocery stores. And I remember just being in awe of the fact that she was in any grocery stores. And now here I am, I'm in a thousand grocery stores, which sounds like a lot, but to give you some perspective, Oatly is in, I want to say 65,000 doors and I'm in a thousand So it's all relative, right? Like we're the little guy to a lot of people. To other people, a thousand doors, like she has this product. She's in a thousand doors. Wow, like she's made it. It's all relative. Um, But it's, it's, it's moving forward one step at a time. When I, like I said, when I started and I did find a co-founder who could just meet with me every morning at 9 a.m. and we could sit down together and we would move things forward and we would figure something out. And when we'd hit a roadblock, we'd keep going. Um, because when you're sitting with someone for eight hours a day, got to figure out something to do. So we we moved it forward. That's incredibly inspiring. I think there's, you know, I've met a lot of people that have started products, um, had amazing ideas. And um, unfortunately, you know, it didn't, didn't work out. And seeing the behind the scenes, it, you know, it's, it's a ton of work and, I think that there's a lot of fear that goes into it when you're investing all of your time and money. Is there anything like any advice you would give to someone who has an amazing idea, but maybe doesn't have the capital or, you know, the experience working with investors or finding a co-founder, like anything that you wish you would have known or advice that you can impart? Because I feel like so many people have great ideas. It's just taking action that can be the scariest part. It is knowing where to start. It is the scariest part. Um, I I remember talking to my husband about this because I I wanted to get investors like from the very beginning, and um, you can't in the very very beginning. It's really hard unless you're a proven founder and you sold a business, which in that case you probably don't need other people's money because you've made your own. It's one of those catch twenty twos, right? Um, yeah. I and I remember saying to my husband like you know, I want to get investors. Like, I don't, and he was like, you've got to, um, you've got to bet on yourself, you know, like this is the bet you're making on yourself. And I took money out that I had been saving to buy a house. And I know I just mentioned to you both, we just bought our first house and I'm 36 years old. I think I'm 36. Yeah. I'm 36 (laughs) years old. And, um, you know, and I have two little kids now and that took a long time. And, I wish I would have bought a house a long time ago, but I did take money out that I was saving for a house when I was, how old was I? I guess four years ago, 32. And I put it in this business and it was really scary. And I had to walk away from, you know, no paycheck. And um, luckily for me, I was married at the time. So I still had like health insurance. Right. And I, my husband was covering um, most of our rent. And so that was really helpful, but like, I still had bills to pay that were my own. And, um, and I, I pulled money out of savings and I 
put it into this business. And I, um, I think that, you know, you can get credit card loans. So if you, somebody is like, well, you're really, you know, obviously I was lucky. I did have a husband who was covering rent and I had health insurance. But if you're somebody who's like, well, I don't have any of that, you know, you could get a job and do this on the side. And, and there's people who do that all the time. It's their side hustle. And let me tell you, now that I'm the mom of two, before you have kids, you have time for a side hustle. Once you have kids, it's really hard, but, um, you can definitely make the time with a full-time job, you know, work on the weekends, work at nights and if in save money and, and start putting, it doesn't take a ton of money to start a business, relatively speaking. You know, I, I want to say in the very beginning, I think our first production run, I spent like $10,000 for the production run, maybe 20,000 all in. So it's not nothing. It's, it's meaningful cash, but it's not, I'm not talking about, you know, $300,000. So right. um, yeah, that, where there's a will, there's a way. That's super Absolutely. helpful. And uh, we do want to get into your wellness journey, but I, you know, we have a business. I started this business, Your Home Imbalance with my mom almost five years ago. So I can relate to, like you said, there's no boring day. There's a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, sometimes it just feels like, is this the best decision? Um, but what do you, how, and I know <laughs> how I handle those down days and sometimes it's crying and sometimes it's just giving myself 24 hours and journaling, but how do you handle the down days to be able to get back up the next day and move forward? Mm. I'm trying to, um, I, I had, I've had ups and downs even in the last six months. Um, I, I think being a mom, it's really, really, really hard. The to go, you know, between, and I work from home, right. But to bounce between work to kids, to moving, to unpacking, to dinner time. But there's something about children that pull, pull you into the present moment, unlike anything else that I've ever experienced. That's very powerful. And, you know, whether you've had the best day at work or the worst day at work, when you, when I come out of the, my office and I, I go and be with, I go into the room to be with my children, they, they pull me in, you know, it's play with me, mommy and read to me, mommy. And, and that is very, um, helpful when I'm, when I'm down just to be in the presence of my children. And, you know, I've, I've definitely done journaling before. Um, I I'll, I'll call, I'll phone a friend and I'll phone a, a fellow entrepreneur friend or, um, or board member or, a fellow founder. I have a couple of really incredible female founders. Um, I have, I love to take walks. I, I try to walk every day. I try to get 10,000 steps a day. And I have a couple of um, female friends that I walk with, a couple of whom are also founders. And we'll just kind of, you know, share the ups and downs that we're dealing with, a couple who are also moms. So it's just really nice to be able to vent and um, commiserate when things are are tough. Yeah. So helpful to have people to get it to talk yeah, to. Exactly. The walking is also very helpful for me too. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I think the ritual, like the built-in rituals, but also just having regular things that you know ground you and in, in an instant that are free or easy to access. Cause I think there's so much in the wellness space, especially where it's like you have to buy this expensive device or you have to do you know, 30 minutes of meditation or whatever it is, there's just a lot of pressure. And sometimes it's 
the simplest things that totally. can really get outside of your body for 30 well, minutes. Totally. Right. Yeah. I also try to get in 10,000 steps a day and it's just, I don't know what I would do without it. It's like literally my mental sanity. I have to go out there and like be in fresh air and just think. And also it's my time to learn. I listen to podcasts or you can't yes. phone a friend. Yeah. It's really nice. It's really, really wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we want to get into obviously the product, but we want to learn a little bit about going back to your fertility, your road to fertility. And that's something that we've actually talked about quite a bit on the podcast lately. Um, we kind of shared where we're at with wanting, you know, where we're at with kids, like neither of us have kids and, um, sort of some fears around that. We also brought in a fertility expert to share, you know, some tips and tools. And so just from your perspective, you know, it taking a year, um, not yet getting pregnant and needing to seek help. What did that, uh, you know, what did that look like for you? And what were some of the major takeaways or things that you changed in your life that made a big difference? I know you talked about eliminating some different foods, but what would you say were some of the major helpers for you? Um, I'm actually going to take it a slightly different direction. Um, and I did do all that stuff and I will talk about that. Yeah. I highly recommend that anyone who is able, and I don't know how, how old both of you are, but if you have the means, I would say freeze your eggs because you just don't know. You know, it, I I have so many friends who've tried to get pregnant and, you know, go off birth control and you think it's going to be easy. You spend your whole life trying not to get pregnant. Um, or even if you have been pregnant, I have a couple of friends who had been pregnant and, you know, they were too young and it wasn't the right time or whatever. And then they think, okay, well, when I'm ready, it's going to be really easy. And it, it's not always the case. Um, and so my mentor, Padma, had also said, freeze your eggs when I was 28 years old. And I was like, why would I do that? I just got married. You know, we're not ready for kids yet. We'll be ready in a couple of years. And when I'm ready, I'll try. And she said, it doesn't matter. Freeze your eggs. And I didn't listen. And then after trying for a while at, I think I was at this point, we've probably been trying for a year, year and a half, two years. I decided to pause trying and freeze my eggs. And um, I just wanted to take some of the pressure off. I And I wanted to have options. And then after that, I didn't even want to use them. I was like, well, we'll just start trying again because I wasn't really in a hurry. And I went to see my OB and she was like, why on earth would you do that? You have healthy tested embryos, use them. And so I waited a couple other more months because we were taking a trip and I wanted to not be pregnant on this last trip. If, you know, if it yeah. happened, great. But if it didn't, I was going to wait. And so when we got back, we used an embryo and here we are with our, you know, I got pregnant on the first try with the embryo and have, you know, a healthy, happy little boy. Um, so I, my recommendation is to, of course, take care of your body, take care of your hormones, you know, balance everything as much as you can. And listen, I am not one who loves medication. Like I had a slight headache this morning and like, I don't run for an Advil. I drink water. I hydrate. I try to, I try to eliminate the issue, not just cover it up with whatever medication. That's not my MO, but we are so lucky that we have the science to be able to preserve our fertility. We're all getting pregnant, you know, later than what's ideal. Our bodies are meant to get pregnant in our like teenage years. And no, you know, we're not doing that. And I didn't get pregnant until I was 
how old was I? 33. Um, and so, and you know, and now I have these embryos and if we want to have kids until I'm 40, we probably can, no problem. And it takes the pressure off. I don't have to sit here and stress about it. And I'm so glad that I did that when I, I wish I had done it younger. I wish I had done it when I was 28, when she told me to, you know, so that's my advice. Um, unsolicited, but well, I'm actually not to cut you off, but I'm super happy you said that and took it in that direction. Cause this is like, so on my mind right now, making yeah, that decision. Totally. Um, do it. Don't, don't, don't delay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know enough about it, which, you know, I should, but, um, I think it is just all of that. It's the pressure and it's, I'm not quite ready now, but I'm happy to hear you had a positive experience. Cause I have heard about, you know, women that don't have a positive experience or, you know, you're, you're taking hormones. I'd be curious to hear what that experience was like for you, but my fiance's uh, company will actually pay for, I think the oh. first year of egg oh. or something. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm feeling like this is maybe what I really need to do. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. You definitely yeah. should do that. Yeah. 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 A lot of companies do like Netflix pays for it now, you mm-hmm. know, for- um, I, I run, don't walk, make an appointment. Okay. It's no big deal. I decided I wanted to freeze my eggs two weeks later. It was done. Whoa. Yeah. What? It was literally no big deal. Is it fun to take shots and get on hormones? No, you feel a little bloated, but like, honestly, you feel bloated during your period. It's not a lot different than that. The shots aren't fun, but I did it. A lot of people have um, their partner do the shots for them. I did it myself. I'm a control freak. Uh, so, <laughs> and I didn't want to be like relying on him and be like, okay, it's time. And where are you? And, you know, like I just, I did it myself and it was no big deal for me. Granted, there are other people who have to do many cycles, right? Like I just had to do one cycle and I was done and, and I'm very fortunate. And I, 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 um, I totally understand that for somebody who's been through, you know, six cycles or whatever, that it's totally exhausting in a different experience. I am fortunate that that wasn't the case for me. Um, but you know, the younger you are, the better. So you're not getting any younger. I'm 33. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. So go, go do it. Go, go. I would literally make an appointment. You know, I don't know if they're open during the holidays, but I would do it for the year. <laughs> get get that done and and, Tonight. Make, and move on. You know, and and yeah. and for for people who have a partner like you, like you're you're engaged, which is wonderful. I would do half eggs, half embryos. So you make because embryos last longer and are you know you're going to get better results with embryos. And you get genetic testing on those embryos too. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, life is uncertain and it has nothing to do with like your fiance or you or your, your relationship. It's just like, you can't predict the future. And like, you might as well have some eggs that are just yours as well. That's what I would recommend to anyone freezing their eggs. Who's in a serious relationship to half Mm -hmm. your eggs and half embryos and, and, you know, yeah, get it done, put them on ice and move on with your life. And when you want them, which you probably will, out of, I mean, the majority of my friends now have all gotten pregnant from the same IVF doctor. I would say more than half of my girlfriends. Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm actually your age and still, am unsure. <laughs> and obviously I don't even know if it's possible. I never froze my eggs. Yeah. Um, it's possible. So, well, no, I know it's possible, but I don't know a hundred percent, you know, yeah. if I will be able to. And so, but I'm still not hundred percent on kids, which is just crazy. I feel like at this age, I thought for sure I would be. And so for me, 
having conversations around like, what can I do to support my fertility, you know, in these years leading up to when, and if I decide, because at some point fertility or egg freezing was something that I was thinking about, but just financially at the time I couldn't afford it. And, you know, it it was a lot to think about uh, just also like the emotional side of things. And so, and just not being, you know, being 50, 50, it's hard to justify spending that kind of money. I understand. And so, yeah, I think it's real. I think it's wonderful for women to hear both sides. You know, you have this option potentially to freeze your eggs. Not everybody does, but if you do, that's a great option. But then at the same time, I think it's really important for women, whether or not you freeze your eggs to understand how to support your fertility on an everyday basis, because fertility is a sign of optimal health too. So even if you don't want to have kids ever, it's like, prepping and priming your fertility is going to allow you to live a better life. Yeah. Um, It can, by the way, it can be, but it can also not necessarily be in line. Like you can be a super healthy person. Like I have always eaten really clean and exercised and yet, you know, it wasn't, my fertility wasn't, I had, I had a lot of healthy eggs. And so it did the, the IVF thing was easy, but getting pregnant for me was not easy, but I think it's all about balance in life, right? Everything in moderation, um, exercise, good, good balanced diet. Uh, if you're taking care of yourself and, and you're regular, if your cycle is regular, like my cycle, ha- I was on birth control for 15 years. Yeah. So I had no idea what my cycle was. And then I was skipping periods. I was on the Nuvo ring and I would just keep that thing in all the time. And I felt great. It, you know, it didn't matter to me. But then when I went off and it was like, well, where's my cycle? And it was so sporadic when it finally did come back, you know, I'd have it, I'd have it once and then eight weeks later, I'd have another and then four weeks later and then, and then nine weeks later. And I was like, well, how do you get pregnant? If that's your, you know, there's, it's impossible. Oh, absolutely. So I think if, you know, it is, it is a huge expense. And if you're unsure to justify spending $20,000, I think that's what it is. Something like that. Oh man, that's even more than I thought. I always heard the number 10,000, but there's different, there's different ways. And I want to say there's a startup now that's doing it and you can probably finance it. You should be able to. Um, and I don't listen, I don't know your not to get too personal. I don't know your relationship with your family, but I think it's, a, a it's worth having a conversation with your parents they want to have grandchildren say, Hey, is this something you could help me with? You know, see, because it is expensive and it is a lot to go through. If you're not sure if you want kids, I just think it's always good to have your options open because what if you, and I don't know if you're single or you have a partner or not. Oh yeah. I'm married. Oh, you're married. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what if you guys wake up and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I want kids. And you're 43 and because I have a friend who did this, by the way, she woke up at 43 and wanted kids and she was able to do it. Like she was able to, and she, you know, but I've, I've had, I've had other friends who wake up at 50 something and want kids and they've had to do, um, what do you call it? A donor egg because it was too late for it. And so mm-hmm. just like in the scheme of life is 10 grand going to change your life? You know, probably not for very few people like, yes, in third world countries that, but here, if you live in LA, like 10 grand and maybe it's 20, I don't know. I think when I, when I did it, I feel like it was 20 and I don't know why, but, um, well, it definitely would change your life for the positive. If you spent that money and then ended up realizing you wanted to have a baby and you were able to, yeah. um, hopefully. Yeah. 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 But what, to what you said earlier too, you're so right. I mean, you can do everything to prepare 
for healthy pregnancy and, and, and improve your fertility naturally. But of course, there are a lot of reasons that women still cannot get pregnant. So we always want to acknowledge that for sure, you know, oh, um, but moving to the autoimmune protocol that you were given when you were having challenges, did you feel that that changed your life or helped your health in any way? And can you explain what that protocol, the reasons behind that protocol? Because we haven't really talked much about that on here. So um, it's all about inflammation in the body. And if you go on an anti-inflammation, anti-inflammatory diet, which is the autoimmune protocol, and you eliminate dairy, nuts, gluten, and soy, and you're essentially eating protein and vegetables, um, it reduces inflammation. And my doctor at the time thought maybe I was you know, dealing with some inflammation. I have what's called a positive ANA. It's an inflammatory marker. Alone, it means nothing. It's often paired with um, an autoimmune disease, but I don't have an autoimmune disease. I just have a positive ANA. It can go away. Mine hasn't. Mine kind of wavers between like low to like really high and it freaks me out. Um, So I do need to like, you know, be healthy and just do everything in my um, ability to, to just stay healthy. When I went on this autoimmune protocol and I eliminated all these things, I felt really good, but I also got really thin because you're only eating, you know, meat and fish and vegetables. And like, how much of that can you eat? I mean, I tried, but I got really, really thin, which does not help when you're trying to get pregnant. You need to have fat on your body. So, um, so actually, ultimately for me, it wasn't the right move. I would have been ahead to just bulk up a little bit with like pizza than going on <laughs> elimination diet. And so I I ended up going off the elimination diet, bulking up on normal, you know, not like unhealthy foods, but just like normal food, what I pasta and desserts, what I wanted. And that's when I got my cycle to like come back and and Um, it was still irregular. So like I said, we did do IBF, but you know, you need to be in a healthy BMI if you're going to try to get pregnant. And that can mean you need to lose weight. That can mean you need to gain weight. And, you know, we live in LA, there's a lot of people here who are super, super thin. And it's, if you're under your BMI, your cycle is probably going to be irregular and it just makes it harder to be pregnant. It doesn't mean that you're unhealthy, but it doesn't mean, you know, you're probably not having a regular period if you're under your BMI. So yeah. That's something to just keep in mind. Yeah, no, totally. And there is this juxtaposition between like being healthy and caring for your fertility and your body and your hormones and being obsessed about it yeah. to the point where you'll only eat cauliflower rice and never touch real rice. And it's like that there's a certain volume of food that you get when you're eating all whole foods and you have to eat so much of it in order to get enough calories to hit yes, your goals. Exactly. And just being a health coach, I work with so many women who are unintentionally under eating uh, protein, especially, but calories. Yeah. I mean, most women that I talk to that I ask them to take me through a day in their life, they're like, Oh yeah, I eat tons of protein. And then we add it up and it's like half of what their body really needs. And then they start adding it in, in fun ways. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I feel so much more satiated. I have fewer cravings. I have better energy. I'm seeing better gains at the gym. And I, I think a lot of it is just kind of conditioning. Um, I love what you just said, Jess, about I don't think anyone has ever said it so clearly, even to me, 
what you need to consume, if you're not consuming carbs, like rice, bread, pasta, whatever, the amount of vegetables and protein is overwhelming and it's hard to do. (laughs) Like it's so much easier to just have a piece of bread, a piece of, by the way, a piece of really good bread that's made with like great grain, that's organic, that's what, and some great, you know, grass-fed butter. It doesn't need to be crap, but totally. That's what my problem was. When I went on this diet, I wasn't able to get enough, you know, and it was, it was, it was really hard. So you're ahead to have, have the grains, just have good quality grains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so much fear around whole food groups, like entire, like, oh, carbs are bad, but it's like, do you realize how many different types of carbohydrates there are out there? How can we just demonize one whole food group or like, you know, fats are bad or whatever it is. There's always something, but we get so far away from just actually checking in with what feels the best. And, you know, it's like, oh, I want to be thin and I want to look this certain way. So therefore, you know, or I want to be healthy. I think that that can be really hard for people that are going through autoimmune or needing to cure up different, you know, symptoms that they have. Um, And then it's like, you're left with this list of just all vegetables and proteins and that can also be detrimental. So I know for myself, adding in carbs has been such a game changer just with my mental health, my energy, you know, recovery. And, and it's amazing. You just feel so much more happy and satisfied. Totally. Um, Yeah. Happiness. Happiness. It's that's like, at the end of the day, like what is life about? Like there, there is something really pleasing about sitting down to a bowl of pasta, you know, that you just, and I love fish and I love meat too, but like there, there's, you know, we will eat pasta occasion. And I try not to give it to my, you know, my son, we're not having pasta every day, right. We're having it maybe once a week or something like that. But like, it's, there's something really, especially when it's cold outside, it's comforting and I love it. You know, it brings you happiness. So does dessert at this time of year, hot chocolate, all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually pasta is unhealthy. It's like, as long as it's a balanced meal, you know, Mm -hmm. it can be still a nutrient dense meal. So I'm with you. The bowl of pasta on a Friday night is like what we do and what I look forward to so much. And it's just so simple. Well, and I love the swaps too, like finding the swaps, you know, you can still have an amazing, like I love Jovial. Do you know the brand Jovial Foods? It's amazing pasta from Italy, you know, really clean ingredients. And then you can get like the Rouse pasta sauce, which doesn't have the added sugar. You can get, you know, organic chicken, basil, pesto, whatever, and actually make this like really nutrient rich, delicious, Totally. Meal. So I want to know pasta at, at home a ton. So good. But yeah. I want to know kind of on that same um, vein, having a health brand that you have and also having worked in the food industry, what have you learned for how to help yourself, your family and others advocate for themselves without getting so obsessive when they're in the grocery store, you know, learning to read labels or, you know, choose a product like yours over maybe the Oatly one next to it. You know, I think it can be really overwhelming and it's like, oh, well, it's oat milk. It must be healthy, you know, or, oh, it's pasta. It must be bad. Like, how do we, you know, find that overwhelming? And, you know, not everybody's a nutritionist and God, you could spend three hours at the grocery store if you're there with a magnifying glass on every single thing. But 
read ingredient labels, read nutrition facts when you can, you know, have your staples. If you're buying, you know, most of us are going to the grocery store, I don't know, once or twice a week, we're buying the same thing. So once you get into your routine and you're buying, you know, the same eggs, the same yogurt, you know, these things that you're buying, you'd have to read the nutrition facts and things once you know them once, but take that time when you're putting something new in your cart, look at the nutritional facts, look at the ingredients. A brand like Oatly is a perfect example of something that's like, oh, well, if I just look at the ingredients, it just says oats. But the process at, at which those oats are going through really change those oats. And so the amount of sugar in Oatly, and a lot of Oatly products have uh, rapeseed oil. You do not want to have high processed oils as a second ingredient in your plant milk. You also don't want to have 13 grams of sugar in a glass of your plant milk. So I think um, sugar is something to really keep an eye on because we want our, our blood sugar to be balanced. And I think about that for my children all the time. I don't really see a difference in my behavior, thank God, when I have a cookie, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty funny if we as adults started like acting like children when we had cookies, but Mm -hmm. my two and a half year old will have one cookie, a small one. Like I have a gingerbread house here. I'll have a tiny piece of the gingerbread house and he turns into a little maniac and he's (laughs) bouncing off the wall. He's running all over and he's like, ah, you know, I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like this is crazy. And it must do the same thing to us. And yeah. either we've built up a tolerance or like, we just know not to start running around like crazy people. Yeah. But it's pretty insane what the sugar does to a two and a half year old's body. And I'm not talking about a lot because I don't give, I'm really neurotic about what I let my kids have. So, you know, he'll have a time. It's the holidays. And like, he knows we have this gingerbread house and he wants a little piece of it. And I mean, within 20 minutes, he is a lunatic. So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I try to be really thoughtful about sugar and I try to educate around sugar and I try to be thoughtful around um, flour because the flour in this country is not good for you because it is covered in glyphosate. Glyphosate is known as weed killer. Um, Monsanto's it's sprayed all over weeds. And it's sprayed on wheat in this country. So when you go to like a normal restaurant and you're having a pasta or a pizza, that flour has glyphosate on it. Glyphosate is carcinogenic. It is terrible for us. I don't want my kids eating it. I don't want to eat it. It's all over cereal. So um, I, if I'm going to eat a pasta or a pizza, I'm either going to opt for gluten-free or I'm going to opt for one that's organic where I can, you know, I know that that product has not been sprayed with weed killer because I don't want that stuff in my body. And I don't think anybody else does. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to non-dairy milks in particular, there's so many different kinds. What would be your top reasons to suggest to someone to switch to a non-dairy milk and then part two of that question would be, what are the uh, main things that people should look out for? And obviously we want them to buy Malibu milk, but if, you know, if they're looking at other brands, what are the things it's like, no. And you've these mentioned such, some of them, yeah, but these are such good questions. I'm so happy you asked this question. So, um, main reason to switch to a plant-based milk is because dairy causes inflammation. Bottom line for almost everybody. of Americans are dairy intolerant. That does not mean you're allergic. That does not mean you're going to, you know, have to go to the hospital. What it means is, and I, I think most of the people listening here will know exactly what I'm talking about. 
you go out, you have pizza, then you go for ice cream, you know, all of a sudden your stomach starts to do a little bit of a dance, right? Because you've had dairy overload. That's when you go overload. Even when you have dairy on a, on a more minor basis, your body's reacting to it and it can inflame the interior of your, of your, you know, your organs, whatever. So plant milk doesn't do that, especially if you're buying an allergen-free plant milk because flax is anti-inflammatory. So it reduces the inflammation in your body. That's why it's so powerful. Um, so that's number one. Cow's milk causes inflammation. Put that over here. Plant milk, if you're choosing the right plant milk, anti-inflammatory. When you're now shopping for a plant milk, you want to look for sugar. You want to look for oils. Those are things to avoid in plant milk. A lot of plant milks are full of sugar, full of oils. Avoid those things. Malibu milk is free of all oils. We have one sweetened skew. It's called our slightly sweetened. It's sweetened with organic dates. So it's refined sugar-free. We're using organic dates. There's only four grams of sugar per serving. So my son does not go crazy running around after he has a, a glass of this milk, but it does give you that little bit of sweetness that you know kids love in milk that we know from childhood in milk. It's great in baking. It's great in a tea latte. It's my favorite one. It's the slightly sweetened. It's so good. And, and I'll have a glass in the morning and I don't think twice about it because four grams of sugar is nothing. To give you a comparison, a glass of skim milk usually has 12 grams of sugar. And our milk mm-hmm. has grams of sugar. Um, so look for sugar, look for oils. Know that if you're buying an almond milk, not only are almonds incredibly unsustainable, 80% of the world's almonds are coming from the state of California. They are using 10% of our state's water supply. That is a ton of water. And we're in a drought. <laughs> and we're in a drought. And you both live here. We pay water bills. Like we see how crazy it is. Like okay. we do not need almond milk. That is not, you know, a requirement. Not only that, all the almonds are thrown out. The beautiful nutrients, fat, vitamins, and those almonds are thrown out. They don't end up in the almond milk. You blend the almonds with water, you throw the almonds away, and you end up with almond-flavored water that doesn't really have any nutrients, that's not sustainable. So it's just not the best choice. Mm. We don't throw anything out. There's no waste in our product. And the only water required for the flax flour is natural rainfall. So it's a great choice for your health. It's a better choice for our planet. And, um, and it tastes great, you know, so it checks every box. It really does. I've been drinking your milk and from the beginning, I realized since you said it was 2019, I'm like, I've, I was maybe one of your first customers. I don't know, but, um, I was, yeah, I was serving Malibu milk at wellness events that I had planned and people loved it. And to this day, still share with me like, oh, I still drink Malibu milk from tasting it at the event. I use it in my cereal, like my superfood cereal bowls that I make. Um, it's really good in like overnight oats and oh, it so does overnight oats. Yeah. Chia seed puddings. It has a, a definitely a creamier, different taste and texture, yeah. um, which is, I don't even really know how to describe it, but it's really, really rich and delicious. You describe yeah. it so well. Yeah. Yeah. So can you kind of explain the benefits of a little bit more about flax seeds and the fiber and the flax too, because it sounds like you're retaining the fiber, which yeah. sometimes is not that way, um, especially with juicing and different things like that. So what is the, how do you retain that fiber? And then what's the, you know, the benefits for the gut and hormones too? So if we're using the whole ground flaxseed. We don't strain it out. So that's how you end up with insoluble fiber. Insoluble fiber is really good for the gut. It's what you need for the digestion to work properly. It actually acts as a prebiotic. So you need prebiotics and probiotics in the gut for the gut to work properly. 
And so fiber, flaxseed in particular, is a really great form of a prebiotic. Um, what that means is it passes through the gut and it takes other waste with it. And, you know, you need fiber in the diet. I want to say the average American needs like 30 grams of fiber to day, every single day. Most Americans are getting closer to like five grams of fiber a day. Um, a single glass of Malibu milk has four grams of fiber. So, you know, getting that fiber in, um, when you're juicing a vegetable, like if you've seen a juicer, you know, and you, you juice a carrot, all of the meat of the carrot ends up in the waste of the juicer and you get mm-hmm. the like, beautiful orange carrot juice. The fiber is ending up in the trash of the juicer. So, you know, it's, it's a shame, right? You need that fiber. That's one of the most important things with the vegetable. I've gotten comments before, um, about my children's regularity with their bowel movements because of how many <laughs> vegetables we eat. We have vegetables at every single meal. We roast them, olive oil, salt in the oven, 350, 45 minutes. They get this caramelization. It is so good. It is so simple. I use um, stainless steel sheet pans that I got on Amazon. People are always like, oh, what'd you do to these vegetables? Nothing. All, really good Greek olive oil, Himalayan salt in the oven. They are phenomenal and it's so good for you. They're flavorful, they're nutrient rich, and they're full of fiber. And so it's all about, you know, having a healthy gut makes you feel good. It makes your skin glow. Um, Flaxseed is known for skin health, hair health. It's got magnesium. It helps with your sleep. And it's all connected to having a healthy gut. So we're so proud to be using flaxseed as our main ingredient. Well, I am a con- I'm converted here. I'm yeah. embarrassed that I haven't been buying it yet, but I am sold, you know, and my fiance buys, he gets, he does get organic almond milk from Costco, you know, but it's like, sometimes they have gums in it yeah. and I've been feeling I've had this like ongoing guilt around the non-dairy milk that I'm buying. Cause I'm aware that it's just not the best. Jess had like a nut milk maker at home too, for a bit where you actually use your own nuts. Yeah. That's what I do. Um, and then I got one and I like couldn't figure it out. So anyway, I need to <laughs> convert tomorrow to your milks. And I'm really grateful for the education around it. It makes so much more sense than what the other options that we have. Um, but before we let you go, because you're moving and busy and a mom of two, we did want to know how you maintain maybe some of your, you shared some things, but some of your daily non-negotiables for maintaining balance as an entrepreneur, as a mom, still trying to be healthy. Yeah. Um, the walking, I always, minus last week when I like fully was like moving, moving, I think there, it was crazy. Cause there was two or three days where I like, I could not get my 45 minutes. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. Sometimes it's 45, sometimes it's an hour, but I could not find the time to step out and get these steps in. Like I had eight movers at my house one day, right? I'm not going to bye. I'm going on my walk. Um, yeah. So I, but I had my Apple watch on and I still got 12,000 steps that day. Oh, dang. <laughs> I was like, downstairs. Like, Isn't that crazy? Like back, forth, back. And we only, like, it was, it was crazy. Um, but it's not the same, right? I, I noticed like, even though I got 12,000 steps that day, I didn't get the mental space of getting outside, getting the fresh air, getting that movement. Like it's just different. So for me, that's usually a non-negotiable, um, I also, this is going to sound a little indulgent, but like I get my nails done and I found somebody who comes to the house and it's more expensive that way, but I'm able to sit and be on a work call while she's like doing my nails. And, and it makes me feel so put together. Cause like 
I haven't showered today, but at least my nails look nice right now. Same. (laughs) It makes me feel better. And yeah. And she uses this incredible nail polish that doesn't come off. It's called Dazzle Dry, and I love it. And um, so that's really great. And and other than that, I do have dessert usually once a day because it makes me happy. You know, is it like the healthiest choice? No, but it makes me happy. And and um, and aside from that, like I'm really regimented. Like I, you know, I'm really conscious about how much I'm drinking. If I like, I'll try not to drink more than twice a week. And then on those nights, I won't have more than two glasses. And like, I'm really about every, I'm very type A. So everything that I do is very, um, aligned. I was meditating for a long time, 10 minutes a day. I'm not doing that right now because I just don't really have the time, but I would like to do that again. And I think it's really, really important. Um, yeah, those are the main, those are my main things. Thank you. Yeah. Simple pleasures. I got to get my nails done. It's a good reminder. Oh, it's the best. It truly is. <laughs> like that one hour. It's so good. Um, so tell us about how people can keep in touch with you and Malibu milk and some of I think I I saw that you have ready-made drinks too now. Is that right? We have um lattes. We have matcha lattes mm-hmm. and, and uh, coffee lattes that are are available at grocery stores, and those are actually on our website as well. Um we have when is this gonna air this episode? A couple weeks from now. We have shelf stable product that's usually for sale on our website. It's out of stock right now. I'm working like a mad woman on getting that back in stock. I have a call about that first thing in the morning. Um, but you can find our product at a thousand grocery stores across the country mm-hmm. from the fresh market um, to central markets to um, we're at Whole Foods in the Rocky Mountain region in Southern California and in New York. We're in a whole bunch of grocery stores in Northern California. You can go on our store locator on our website. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y at MalibuMilk.com. That's my email. Malibu Milk is spelled with a Y, M-Y-L-K. Um, and I'm happy to be a resource and help out any way I can. Thank Yay, you so thank much. You. Yes, congrats on all your success. It's incredibly inspiring. And thank you for the education. And I'm really happy we had this egg freezing conversation. It feels terrible. Good. Yeah. And I'm literally about to, cause I knew we were doing this interview, but also cause I love it. I just went to the store, to the co-op and got some more Malibu milk and I'm going to go, I make superfood latte mixes and I sell them on my website. And so I'm going to go make myself a latte mix with your Malibu milk right now. I'm so excited. Yes. Try some of your, um, superfood latte. I'll send you some. Oh, please do. Yeah. They're really Thank good. You. Thank yeah, you so for much. sure. Of yeah. course. Thank you.